Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Hi, I'm Kim Salmon. I'd like to have a quick word about uh, public radio, particularly 3CR. The thing about public radio is that it's more open than the more formatted types of radio to what's going on around it. So when you listen to it, you're more likely to hear a reflection of real life. And 3CR being in the heart of Smith Street, Collingwood, is a particularly good example of what I'm talking about. If you'd like to uh, subscribe... The number is 94198377. You've been listening to the sand. You could never understand. The best routes are the ones you haven't ridden. You could pedal the same loops year after year. Many people do, literally and figuratively. But to grow, you need new rides, risks. Turn down lanes you haven't seen. Turn down lanes you've long seen but never travelled. Get lost once or twice. Then double back to where you started and try again. Live like this and you come to see unknown territory not as threatening but as intriguing. those blues away and the best place I know to do that is to ride a bicycle, talk about a bicycle. Welcome back to the 3CR radio bike show, sorry, I've lost this sometime, I'm so good about doing it. What are we called again? Welcome back to the Yarrabug radio, Yarrabug radio show. Faith, all the best for 2020. Thank you, Val. Good to be back. Great to be back. Wonderful day out there. We've had some, um, we've had some intriguing weather in Melbourne lately, haven't we? <laughs> we've had the ups and downs. Somebody the other day complained they had to put a jumper on. I sort of gently reminded them, 2019, the hottest year on record in Australia. I wouldn't complain about putting a jumper on. <laughs> oh, how are you? You good? Yep, pretty good. Pretty good. We should stop off the bike moment. Bike moment. Um, I had a couple of bike moments uh, yesterday. Um, we went to the Otways for the, um, what's it called? The yeah. gravel grind. Is it called the Otway Classic at one stage? Or is that a do- anyway. I'm yep. not sure. So, no. Yep. Um, so that was from Forest and, uh, yeah, beautiful, beautiful route mainly on gravel roads uh working your way up to the ridge and then down and around again 
Yeah. Lush forests. Yep. Very few cars. Yep. Corrugated berms on the way down. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was, yeah. Yeah. Lovely uh, day out. Yeah. And one of those parts of Victoria that hasn't been touched by a severe dry out in a lot of ways. No, no. It was, you know, there's still a lot of logging um, yeah. and not where we were riding, but on our way to that, on we cut through on some um, dirt roads and you could see there um, that sort of industry going on. But um, really beautiful forests and uh, lots of lots of hills. It's... Um, but generally all rolling and, yeah, you know, a few steep pinches, but yeah, a little bit of a walk doesn't hurt now and then. Gets the blood back to the feet some stage. And the views, walk. amazing the views. views. The heart rate comes down a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Time to slide that muesli back. <laughs> oh, that sounds wonderful. Uh, I've been stuck in a little bit of urban sort of bike moments. But um, look, first off that um, quote this morning. Which has yes. been in front of my face for about eight years, but I've never read it. I can't <laughs> believe I've never got round to it. That's from Mark Remy, and it came out originally in a bicycling magazine, um, two thousand and one. Oh. So that was very good. Um, so I'm like actually keeping in touch with my bike moments. I've spoke a while ago about a, um, a, a couple riding the bikes around my local area. He obviously knows how to ride. She on a new electric bike, which he seemed to be. A little bit, you know, ride like a beginner. In the space of about four weeks, she nearly went through that chicane the other day as well as the road he did. So in, <laughs> in the space of that little bit of time, <laughs> uh, she stuck with it and looks very good. Um, Christmas, new bikes for little children, in a lovely park, beautiful bitumen roads. Yep. Yeah, the week after Christmas is just, you know. Perfect. 12 and 14, 20 <laughs> inch heaven in Burnley Park. I'm walking through on a lovely, bright, sunny morning, Sunday morning, two old elderly dogs. A lovely little kid rides past me on his trainer and his new bike. <laughs> look at me, look at me. Anyway, he pedals off um, and he gets to about 150 metres in front of me. And um, somebody of my um, chronological age is decked out in his full roadie gear, map a hat on a, you know, toucher of, oh no, I think he had a, anyway, whatever he had, a whole, you know, shebang. He's riding up the bike path. He's probably about 50 metres or 70 metres behind the kid. The kid takes a tumble, hits a deck. Lying prostrate on the floor. I'm about 150 metres behind, screaming. Like the roadie stops, gently picks him up, dusts him off, gets him to stop crying and puts him back on the bike. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, it was just a bike moment. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. I nearly hesitated now to bring up this other next bike moment. I had one of those um, awful experiences in a roundabout last Friday. And, um, you know, we've always said, well, what do you do? And um, if anybody knows the roundabout, um, runs parallel to Bridge Road behind the shark thing in the new school, it is an enormous single-lane roundabout. 
25 metres before the roundabout, the bike lane disappears and become a bike shower in the middle of the lane. I'm approaching, I'm going straight through the roundabout. I can tell a diesel car from a petrol car as I'm riding along. I can usually tell how quickly they're going to. I'm probably about 30 metres away from the roundabout, probably 10 metres from entering that zone. Yeah. I'm in the zone then and I'm expecting him to back off. He, I can't see him, but he's there. I go into the roundabout. He comes with me. My handlebars on my bike are 36 centimetres wide. I could reach out and touch the car. There's a big four-wheel drive. He turns right through the roundabout. I go through. I actually, I'm not sure, I might have screamed actually when he came so close to me, but as he was leaving the roundabout, I gave him the bird. He stopped, got out of the car. Six foot two of him. I gave you enough room. I must say this, we've just passed a metre and a half passing law. He jumped out of the car and just started screaming about me complaining about him, me, him not giving me enough room. So I could see a cyclist coming out of the Sharks building. I rode up to him, so there were two of us together. I said to the bloke, you should read the road rules. His thing was, you had plenty of room. I started to think about this before. Why would he turn around and watch me flip the bird if he didn't think he'd given me enough yeah, room? Yeah. Anyway, so we're now in this street with a bike lane after this alter, altercation. Or let me say, I don't think he got through the first stage of that anger management course <laughs> that he was made to do. We, I ride off. He's behind me. I'm in a bike lane. Going to a, going to a roundabout again, and I remember the lovely French bloke we had here on the show once from Reunion Island. Oh yes, yes. He asked me how to describe myself, and I said, "Some would call me a provocateur." <laughs> I'm coming up to the roundabout. I know this bloke doesn't have a clue about the road rules are behind me, and he wouldn't know the cyclist is not required to signal a left hand turn. I deliberately go up to the roundabout, turn left. So does he. For the next 200 metres, I get another spray <laughs> about not indicating. This takes me up to the corner of Hyatt Street and Church Street, where I've got two cyclists at the red light going, what is going on? I said, you know, you tell me. <laughs> Please, look after each other. You know, this is that's crazy. Yeah. And look, I told the story to somebody, and look, somebody said to me, a different person said to me, "Oh, but you'd go off." But I, we we're t- I was telling this story uh, to somebody on Saturday who I ride with a bit, and he said, "That's most unlike you." And I said, "Yeah, that's why I just did that." Yep. You know. So, <laughs> good luck. <laughs> The only thing I really regret is I didn't get your registration number. That is what I regret about it. Happy cycling in Melbourne. (laughs) (laughs) Bicycle moments are plenty. Now we're going to be we're going to we're going to be back. 
after this important community announcement. Three CR would like to thank our Yarrabug program sponsor, Vacro Second Chance Cycles, for their financial support. Second Chance Cycles is a fantastic community workshop that recycles bikes, trains people in bike mechanics, and sells bikes to the local community. To find out more, Google Vacro or drop in to the underground car park, Harmsworth Street, Collingwood, any Thursday or Friday. And you're back listening to the Arabug Radio Show. A um, couple of news items just briefly. The City of Melbourne uh, last week declared a climate emergency and their response to that, which means they're fast-tracking um, some actions that they already had planned but that could make a difference. And one of those uh, is the delivery of 44 kilometres of protected bike lanes within Melbourne. So those were to be delivered over the next 10 years and they will now be done over the next four years. That's the commitment they've made to uh, encourage more sustainable means of transport. So that'll be uh, good. That'll be good. That'll be another job for us. Keep it on, make sure they spend the money wisely. Yes, yeah. yeah. And, you know, hopefully then put a bit of pressure on the cities adjacent to the City of Melbourne to... Having increased that sort of traffic, that then needs to be yeah. sustainable and supported outside of them. And did I see we're trying to standardise the shape of separated lanes and bike lanes and what they should be? Melbourne City Council are starting to really look at this and try to standardise road yeah. marking separated lanes. Which sort of system should... Us as yep. the council and the other councils around yep. us. Yeah. So when they released their guidelines last year, yes. they said that the separated land should always be the priority. Yep. Um, so that was good. Uh, and hopefully that too could be taken up um, outside the city of Melbourne. Um, also, quickly, uh, Sarah Hammond has two raffles going, raising money for Wildlife Victoria. Um, and these close tomorrow. Um, they're particularly attractive raffles for cyclists. Um, they have a staggering list of prizes from all sorts of bike brands, um, Velocraft, Skin Grows Back, Quadlock, Rafa, Pedlar, Terra Rosa Gear, lots more. Lots more. Um, and uh, there's two raffles. Um, so you can choose to take part in the one that has the prizes that are sort of slanted towards your cycling interest. And um, it is a raffle where 100% of everything donated or everything, all the money from buying tickets goes to Wildlife Victoria. Um, and there's 24 hours until that raffle closes. So last chance to get on board with that. And, you know, mathematically, you increase your chances of winning the lottery by making it sure as late as late possible before you buy the ticket. <laughs> so I suggest you start buying the tickets right now. <laughs> Do not delay. <laughs> you don't know what the mathematical thing is, actually. No, that's lotteries. I'm talking about <laughs> Get in and buy it. And let all of us know, buy a ticket, 
And within about two or three weeks after this rain, some of our parched and burnt and damaged country will be starting to spring back to life. And cyclists will be one of the first ones to go back. Yeah. Yeah. And I know uh, Chris had a chat to Rail Trails Australia last week about their um, push to get cyclists back out into the communities that need um, visitors, especially out in Gippsland. Um, so towns and communities that maybe weren't directly affected by fire, but nobody came. Nobody's coming Everyone cancelled yeah. their holidays. Yeah. So there's some brilliant rail trails out um, east that would, and I know the Bairnsdale to Orbost one is one that's been cleared um, for use along the whole route and uh, those towns are really looking forward to uh, visitors. The Great Southern Rail Trail is another one. So that's another thing in um, tandem with buying raffle tickets is to actually, there's a long weekend coming up, you can get out and um, plan a ride. And the other thing, of course, is that... uh To use the quote from this morning, when you ride one of those routes in the bush that you have actually been riding when it's full of trees and growth and things, when you go back and ride that route, you will see things that you have never seen before. Rocky outcrops, the way the actual land feels, rolls. It'll be be really interesting. And look, take that Mark's advice. Get lost. Yes. Double back. Try it again. um. And also, um, something that's been uh, a discussion point, (coughs) excuse me, (coughs) for cyclists who live uh, north of the city, the um, upfield bike path has uh, a large section of that between Hay Street in Coburg and Albion Street in Brunswick has closed for the uh, level crossing project. And this um, this is a, a substantial closure. It's not for a few weeks or months. It's no. for 18 months. And uh, the level crossing project have proposed two detours to enable cyclists who use that path to get around which have caused, um, I know at Moreland Bicycle User Group, you know, we've got emails from members who about them because they're um, particularly unfriendly. The um, upfield bike path, being a separated path, is used by a lot of kids getting to Coburg High or Brunswick College, mm-hmm. some of the primary schools. Mm-hmm. It's used by a lot of people who, because Sydney Road doesn't have a safe bike lane on it, mm. people use the upfield to come in behind the shops and businesses along Sydney Road and there's the swimming pools, there's uh, supermarkets, there's libraries. Train stations as well. Yeah. yeah. So uh, the detours are um, cross some busy arterials, often where there's no safe crossing point. Mm. So they, the detours are not for the same type of cyclist who uses the upfield. No. So there's, there will be a percentage of upfield riders who are able to use those detours, particularly if they're just going down to the city or something. But what we're hearing from people is that um, they can't use them 
They they can't use them yeah. to ferry their kids around. They don't feel safe using them. They don't feel safe. Yeah. And the other thing about the detours is they're really directed at getting someone who is going all the way down the upfield, whereas what locals are doing is using a section of the upfield and then moving across and to... One of the... Yeah. And... <laughs> so... Um... Yeah, and we've had a lot of uh, discussion from people. With, like there's one family uh, who I've spoken to a bit who's their two teenagers have to get to Coburg High School. So the upfield was really useful for that because it connects to the O'Hay Street path yep. and takes you all the way around. Um, whereas now, you know, one of their kids is riding up Sydney Road footpath and that might work at 8 o'clock in the morning, but coming home... It's, you know, not a great option. You, If you can get over to Barrow Street, but for people who are over on the other side of the railway line on Sydney Road, there's, yeah. it's very tricky to find a safe route for teenagers over to Barrow Street. There's um, really, uh, you know, riders who are generally quite comfortable in traffic and that, but who are still finding the detour was poorly signed and there are a number of uh, dangerous spots on it. The... Um, Level Crossings project page does say that the detours will feature directional signage and line markings, but that's not the case yet. So I don't know when we could expect that to happen. Uh, There's another family who regularly use their cargo bike with their kids to get up and down the upfield to visit different uh, people and businesses, and um, they've found it very difficult negotiating because those yeah, right. official detours don't provide an equivalent means negotiating um, the options they have left to them. There's someone who uh, was riding up Gilmore Street towards the Hay Street, which he found very uncomfortable. He usually goes to shop at Coles near there um, and uh, had an incoming car that decided there was enough space to pass him and ended up knocking the mirror off one of the parked cars, but, you know, could have easily um, been him. And so he's now going to have to change his shopping habits for the next 18 months because there's no safe way to get to that particular shop. So, And they're just an indication of the ways in which that detour just doesn't really seem to be working. And... um I'm trying to. I think it was Elliot Fishman must have saved me about twenty years ago. Trouble with most of these planning is you have somebody who's doing the planning and says, "This where the bi- This is where the bicycle should go," which you know is somebody else's conception of how do I make yeah. a detour for bicycles, not a cyclist's idea of how you do it. Well, I think um, the level crossing project did consult with Bicycle Network on the detours and I think the issue is that these detours are very much designed on the assumption that people are using the path to go all the way to the city. Um, Moreland Bicycle User Group did ask the Level Crossing Project if they could be involved in planning the detours but were um, never invited to. But it's 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 a long time for kids to not be able to get to their school by bike or for Families to choose not to ride, you know. Um, 
and, you know, it would have been at least partially helped if Moreland Council's suggestion of a temporary bike lane on Sydney Road was taken up because so many of the upfield cyclists will be forced onto Sydney Road. Road. It's 150 metres away. And and because that's where a lot of their destinations were, down along Sydney Road. So... And the other important point is that gap of Sydney Road on that path, I would think apart, well, not the top end, that would, in that two blocks there, that is one of the busiest retail places yeah. of Sydney Road. That is where most people come into the side of Sydney Road on their bikes to do something. Yeah. And that's a huge block of spot there. And it doesn't, you know, we're not even talking about the number of pedestrians who yes. normally cross the upfield to get to those businesses or walk up and down along it to get to them. Yeah. So, yeah. Well planned, guys. Now, we so, have a couple of events. events. Um, this coming Saturday, Moreland Bicycle User Group are hosting a community vision session at Coburg Library between 1 and 3. I'll put a link up to that in our podcast post. Um, But that is to hear from anyone who rides in Moreland or would like to about what they need to make it safer and more accessible for them. And also coming up in the following week, Sarah Hammond and Jesse Carlson are hosting a three-part series, um, a learning series, Touring with a Sense of Urgency, a Guide to Bikepacking Racing. Whoa. Over three nights. Whoa. So we'll put a link up to that too because very reasonably priced and very generous of them to share all their knowledge for anyone who has been thinking of uh, joining in on some of the several bikepacking races. Yeah, and if you're a bikepacker, that's part of get back out in the bush. Yep, yep, yep. Yep. If you're not satisfied with the bikepacking by itself but want to uh, make it a bit competitive – yeah. Yeah. And also um coming up on the 17th of March at Commuter Cycles there will be another International Women's Day talk a little late um in the week after International Women's Day Tales from the Trails. So I'm organizing that with Aroha Yates from Melbourne Hurt and Dirt and we're going to have a couple of different talks about women's bikepacking adventures from the 1890s to the present day. Now, this is sliding into your period of of um, research, isn't it? Yes. So I'm just going to be talking about last year sort of gave an overall thing. Um, this year I've just picked one trip um, and uh, we're also going to have, her name escapes me for the moment, but a, a really cool bikepacking adventure in Patagonia. Well, And then some other women talking about their first bikepacking trip. That is. So that's the 17th of March at Commuter Cycles, and I'll put a link up to that as well. Good work. It sounds great. Anything should be fun. Would be great fun, I would imagine. Nothing like actually, you know... Competition's a bit out there, but actually all the competitors are sharing tips before they start racing. Yeah. Yeah. It's not as if one of them's gone on a Russian drug program and the other one's not. (laughs) Sorry. There is a development in that story last week, but I'm sheltered for this week. I've got to tell you. Oh, that's great to be back on Radio 3CR. Can I just give out a 
shout out to... Um, I listen to Amy Goodman, Democracy Now, religiously. If you go back to last week, uh, it was the 55th anniversary of the assassination of Malcolm X. One of Malcolm X's daughters, who was two years old when he was shot by three men in front of her and her young mother and four children, she was on the show for about 20, 30 minutes. It is very much worthwhile just going back and listening to it. This is what local radio, non-commercial radio, radio that doesn't have an agenda or doesn't have a paid agenda, produces. You will not see that on Channel 9, ever. That's why 3CR is important. And in this lovely month of February, is it a leap year this year? No. You sure? I can't remember which there one's a leap year now. The ones with the Olympic Games in them. Ah, there we go. There you go. <laughs> so sure. So sure. <laughs> I've lost my train of thought now. Sorry. At three CR Radical Radio, Russian local radio, this month of February that we're blessed with one extra day, Dang. we're having a subscriber drive. Don't just listen. Put Subscribe. your hand in your kick. Become part of a family that are interested in what's happening around them. Oh, this this is important because no, it is. in these times of fake news, this is what is important, seriously important. The other great news, oh, where's, well, where's she, Bob? <laughs> and... I think that's all we have time for, for today. Yes. Um, 3CR relies on the support of its listeners. So as Val just said, get online or call the station and subscribe. You can call 94198377 or jump online at 3cr.org.au slash subscribe and support local community radio. Coming up next is... She bops. Thanks for listening to a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online.